This is 10% Podcast, hosted by myself, Tosh, and two lovely women. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Hey, everyone. My name is Angela. Um, I'm from California. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My name is Kira. I'm actually from Utah. Fun fact. Um, been known this girl for a minute. Been known that for a minute through Black Student Union. Hey. So I handpicked them. They came. They saw. They loved. Um, no. Yeah. But yeah, um, this is how I met these lovely women. And I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm Tiana. Um, I'm from Michigan. Just... And yeah, that's all. <laughs> I'm happy I'm also on here. This is pretty awesome. I'm excited to see where it goes. Excited. I'm super, super excited. <laughs> like, you guys are smart, beautiful black women, and I love it. I love black people. I love black women. So I'm super excited. This month of March is Black Women's Month, I guess. No, sorry. It's just Women's Month, month but I'm going to make it Black Women's Month. Um, I was really busy doing black history, so I didn't really get to celebrate black history. So I'm going to mm-hmm. extend black history, uh, uh, extend it a few more months. Um, but yeah, so for this episode, I decided that I wanted to focus on like, kind of how black women are raised mm-hmm. or how black women mm-hmm. grow up. Because not all of us are raised by parents, but maybe we just grow up, yeah. kind of throw in the water, like hold a swim. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to focus on like, you know, the struggles of black women, the achievements, and, you know, all the stuff that we have to go through. Um, because I feel like we don't get enough representation, enough mm-hmm. respect for the hard work and, like, the things we had to really face. And I just want to bring more um, compassion Definitely. when it comes to black women because, like, oh, they're strong, they're strong, they can handle anything. And it's like, mm-hmm. we are strong, but just have the same kind of compassion you do for white women. Like, or, you know, anyone else. or anyone else. Anyone else. Anyone else. Yeah. Literally, anyone else. So, right. Um, right. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk about, like, uh, our upbringings. Yeah. So, who wants to start how they were raised? Me? Okay. So, <laughs> so, like I said, I'm from Utah, and it's just um, very different um, just being in a predominantly white area, especially when whiteness is very defined or connected with being LDS, mm-hmm. um, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saint, I believe. Um, so that's just really hard because a lot of people do not have first encounters or contact with black people. So it's everything is through the media. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. is anything viral about black people. It's always bad things are negative. But if we're talking about um, being raised and everything, my parents raised me. But my mom was just the more hands-on, super present type of person. My dad was there, but he was just there. Mm. Like, he would never support me and my sisters when it came to, like, our sports. Because we were just very active in church and in sports. And his justification was, there's too many white people. I don't want to go. Like, he'd tell me that from my choir concerts or things Mm -hmm. like that. And so it was just super nerve-wracking. And then, like, you're supposed to respect this person, but you're not present in my life. Mm. Or you're, mm. you don't do the rearing except for when it comes mm. to discipline. Then he's super hands-on then. Mm-hmm. So that was super... Um, a little tough, <laughs> a little, little tough. Um, and my mom, I didn't really get to start to really know her until, like, I got to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by then, there's certain things that I've thought about my mother... And just things like I thought would never change. I could never change. And, like, she's just opening up so much more. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just didn't know her like that. My grandma, I'm just her carbon copy. So, like, I connect super well with my grandma. So, 
those are the three like forces in my life that were like really shaped and formed me so all right so yeah tiana if you wanted to yeah yeah so um i think i definitely moved around a lot so i was born here in utah um a good chunk of my life was in utah and then i moved to wisconsin you know so that was kind of a little different the first school that i went to in wisconsin that was when there's it was more diverse there and so my dad honestly was kind of nervous because he's like ah you're around mostly white people (laughs) i don't know how she'll react and um once i got there it felt like home not gonna lie Mm -hmm. i had a good time um and then we went to a different school and that was predominantly white and so that was weird (laughs) and i was like oh okay Mm. we're back here um and then i moved to michigan which is you know in the school that i went to it was still you know predominantly white but it wasn't as bad there was still you know mostly black people and stuff like that um and i think (laughs) low-key also uh, being a musical kid, not a lot of black kids were in that Come area on, either. Yep, yep. So same. I had, you know, I had to still like adapt <laughs> to white people still, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, you know, most of my life, I think I got like a healthy, not balance, but just yeah, a little best of both worlds. Yeah. I like the black world more but it's okay <laughs> yeah. it's okay so with like my parents and stuff i think my i'm mostly close with my mom um i don't i don't know why i think just because she was mostly also playing like a heavy role in my life and was just always there as well uh, and then my dad was like working because you know supporting the family he was still like the traditional family household okay where, mine was that's not my dad that was not his excuse yeah Yeah. the beginning or like mostly like middle school high school is a little rocky there is my family is also um different religions so my mom's lds or she should be christ of latter-day saints that's a mouthful Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and then my dad like he grew up baptist but now he's like kind of doing his own thing and stuff so it there's some things that I couldn't share with my dad because it would create an argument oh, okay. and stuff like that. So, um, my relationship with my dad has has gotten better, I'd say, now that I'm in college and stuff like that. I wouldn't say, like, any, like, abuse or anything crazy like that happened. It's just, mm-hmm. like, you know, lack of emotional understanding mm-hmm. oh, sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's with a lot of daughters yeah. and dads just because, you know, different gender yeah. thing, mm-hmm. I guess, but... That's a little bit about me. It's really interesting. I really like hearing both of your um, your upbringings because I feel like there's a lot of similarities with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys both talked about like kind of having to adapt, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't feel like a lot of people, other people, I don't, I don't want to say white people, but white people but um, don't have to <laughs> adapt to us. No, mm-hmm. we're right. constantly having to assimilate yeah. and all those things. Um, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, how many times have I done that in my life? Oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of that in my like upbringing. Um, so, my upbringing, um, most of you, you know, I, you know, grew up in Africa. Um, once I left um, Cameroon, um, I, you know, came to the States with my brother, my grandmother, and my cousin. We all moved into the house that, you know, we're living in, that my parents live in now in Massachusetts. Um, my mom, 
she worked a lot, so she wasn't really around in the house a lot. But, you know, she was she was not there, like, emotionally. You know, she definitely worked really, really hard to make sure that we had, like, everything we needed. And my dad, he was kind of like another body there, like you said. Like, he was just there. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where he was. Um, and our communication was like, hi, hi, how are you? Good, good. And that's it. If he wasn't, like, yelling at me or beating me or something, then we didn't talk. Um, and my brother... We had a really good relationship. Like, I think we talked the most in the house. And um, like I said, both my parents were, were, you know, out doing their working or whatever they were doing. So my brother really had to raise me up by himself. Like, he was going to high school. He had a job. He was buying groceries. He was helping with my homework. He was, you know, babysitting me and all these things. Um, so he really, like, did a lot. Um, as far as parenting, you know, some people are better than others. Um, and he struggled with that. He just didn't understand, like, you also have to give emotional love. Yeah. Not just, like... Because his thing was, like, I'm keeping you alive. That was it. Yeah, you have yeah. food, you have food, you have a roof, then you're good. Right. And I'm like, yes, that's all. That's true. A lot of people don't have that. But I was like, I just needed more than that. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of tension in my house. It was bad. There was a lot, a lot of tension in my house. Um, but, yeah, so, regular my mom, she... We were closer. I saw a superwoman, but unfortunately, like... I was like, oh, wait, you're not Superwoman. And I started thinking, like, kind of less of her, unfortunately. And then it took me leaving to, like, oh, my gosh, I appreciate you so much. Like, oh, my gosh. And now we're, like, closer, which is unfortunate. I wish I could, like, yeah, then earlier. So, similar to, like, what Kira said, like, you know, wasn't a lot of love. Just, like, all, like, but you're alive, though, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you survived. You got food. You got got food. You ate today, right? Yeah, you ate today. That's that's it. You ate today, right? All right, cool. Then why are you complaining? Um, But yeah, and then coming to Utah again, like, this is the most diverse. (laughs) Other than Africa. Girls, stop playing. This is the most. I know. Oh, your parents. I know. I know. And then my dad dad did not want me to have any white friends. I'm like, but you put me in a... You put me in a situation. He literally would not let me have white friends. And I'm like, all right, Cool. That's what's up. So, like, do it summertime. I tried having imaginary friends. I just, I wasn't that, I just did not have the, like, the creativity. I tried so hard, but I just couldn't, like, I wasn't that creative. But my parents, like, would always send me to, like, cousins over the summertime or whatever. So I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia and Maryland. So that was, like, the only black people, you know. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's my upbringing. So, yeah, I want to touch on, like, kind of how we learned certain things. Like, you know, did, were your, was your mom that person that, like, you know, took you in the bathroom and taught you how to do your hair? Or did you have, you know, YouTube to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, what things did you learn from your family and what did you learn from, you know, from, from society? Like, having to experience it. And what things have, have you still, like, not, you don't know anything about? Like, you're still learning. Like, finances for me. I Ooh. still... Don't know what I'm doing with finances and money. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you want to talk about that. I think, for me, it's always been, like, identifying. That was the thing that um, my parents taught me. Um, like, my parents are not from here. My dad's from California. My mother's from Texas. Mm. So, they really just taught my, me and my sisters, like, hey, we probably going to be the only black people in this whole, but, like, you're still black. Like, there's no need for you to assimilate. There's no need... <laughs> And they taught, they just taught us to like, being black is fucking amazing. And it's okay. Um, but yeah, they literally taught that. And like, I grew up going to a Baptist church. And so I'm just around black people all the time. Like my whole life was just volleyball and church. So I'm just around other little black kids, other black adults or whatever. So I just never 
have the pressures of wanting to be white or wanting mm. to assimilate or want the long hair right. or want all the attention from all the guys because I'm like, I know I'm cute. Oh, wow. Sister awesome. Issa told me I'm cute from church. That's ah. all I need to know. <laughs> they said they like my hair, my 4B, 4C hair. That's all I need to know. So I just, I didn't have none of those type of um, experiences. Mm. Um, but I was such a gullible child and such a just happy-go-lucky child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you could literally tell me anything, say the sky's purple, and I, I would have believed it. <laughs> Five years ago, I would have believed it. Um, but <laughs> And I'm still working on that. But things as far as like finances go, I don't know what that is. Like I did taxes for the first time last year. I'm like, mom, how do you do this? And she's like, when I, when I was your age, we had to go to the right. library and we had to have a book. And I'm like, okay, hey, mom, I, I didn't ask for all that. Right? What I put on line 16B. So it just is things like that. And like when it comes to hair as well, like... Mm-hmm. My mom did my hair up until I was in the eighth grade, and she's like, off you go, do your own hair. And at the time, like, the natural hair movement and community was, like, really starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. So just, just you just saw a boom of, like, women just doing videos, and you're just like, yeah, I can do that. But the problem was, a lot of those women had type three hair, yeah. so I'm thinking I can do the things <laughs> that they could do. And I'm like, why isn't my bench not turning out like theirs? Why is theirs right here and mine's up here? Like, things like that. Or detangling. So, YouTube, it was and very much is my best friend. (laughs) And if you don't know what 4C, 3, whatever, go look up hair textures. It's, it's, no. The different textures, different curl patterns. Andre Walker, the creator of, like, the hair typing system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. um, And there's just, like, like, my parents taught me things a bit more for, like, identification-type reasons, but they never taught me, like, how to... Not how to date, but just interact with the mm. opposite sex. Because, like, yeah. we could not talk about, like, boys in the house. So, like, you getting yelled at, you getting spanked. Like, that's how <laughs> yeah. serious it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, just things like that. Like, my social cues with guys are... <laughs> so, if you see me, you know. So I'm, tra- I'm working on it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess, like, I definitely, I know as a kid I had problems with just being me and Mm -hmm. being black. And, you know, still do because it, just human and I always want to be perfect, quotation marks if you can't (laughs) see that. (laughs) Sorry, I just learned today, quote, unquote, it's not quote, unquote. <laughs> it's quote it's French quote unquote it's like U N Q U Shut your mouth I just I figured it out today. Look at it. I thought it was quote unquote. I know it's French, it's quote unquote. And I was like, cool. Okay, carry on. Um so I guess like as a kid, um I definitely think my parents didn't like they didn't teach me about like you know hair really or um you know we didn't really have like the talk about like hey you're gonna probably feel different around mm-hmm. like all these white folks and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be real confused <laughs> and stuff um and i i feel definitely like younger um we just didn't talk about like being black in America like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I just had issues with like my nose. Yeah. Um, so I had like 
I was bullied, you know, sometimes for being the way I am. I had a girl, I get, I came home um, and my grandma was there and I came home and I was just crying and she's like, what's wrong, Tiana? And I was like, these girls didn't let me be in their club because they said they can't have brown kids. That, and, oh. and so I don't, <laughs> right, I don't remember that. I guess because I was like repression mm. thing. I was like, I don't want to think about that. But, um, and then other instances where this girl would always stare at me and I, I asked why. She's like, because she'd never seen a black person before. And I was like, oh, oh wow. okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a little weird. But, <laughs> um, just instances like that. The normal people always touching my hair. And mm-hmm. eventually I was just like, you know, I'll just straighten it because I freaking hate mm. you. And. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's just easier because I just didn't I didn't know how to take care of my hair at all my hair journey didn't start until like like senior year of high school which oh, is okay. last year <laughs> so you know um but and I definitely hadn't I wasn't um conscious of you know being black until like High, later high school year mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you know still trying to learn lots of things just because my dad also you know he wasn't conscious about this topic or like he was conscious of it but he just didn't talk about it until also like later in my high school years and stuff so definitely like it, t- it took a long time <laughs> to, that's kind of how it, I grew up with that kind mm-hmm. of stuff you know so yeah that's very relatable you know that like I think hair is a big thing always. Oh, it's it, such it a huge thing. Like, we can Shoot. all hair we can all relate on that. Such a construct. Yeah. Right. And like just the pressure of having long hair, having loose, mm. flowy hair. Uh-huh. Just me just the symbolism of hair. Right. And it's so political in our community. So it's just like yeah. hair is always at the center for uh-huh. a lot of things. Like I also yeah. specifically remember my hair was so bad because like I always strained it oh, yeah. a lot of times and my hair is I'm happy where my hair is now like where sometimes I can like straighten it I'm like okay that was a week for two months I don't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a nice curl now and I, it wasn't always like that it was definitely damaged he damaged bad so straightened Stra- <laughs> man yeah. being a straightener. Like- <laughs> Yeah. Oh. What's crazy is that like I look at pictures of me in Africa. I have beautiful long hair. Yeah. I'm so mad. We always do. I'm so uh-huh. mad. Like it was, a, and I remember like seeing my grandmother's, my other cousins like doing our hair. I guess I, was, I just never thought about it when I came to America. It's just like I don't know. But I had a lot of great experiences in Africa with hair and mm-hmm. very prideful of it. And then coming here, it was like I didn't even have a choice. It was like my, my hair was strained, even when it was braids. Cause my hair was braided like. All the time. 365. Yeah. All the time. My hair is braided. But we were still getting it straightened. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... It was just, like, what we did. It didn't really make a difference. Like, my hair was always in braids. So I just never really, like, saw, interact with my real hair. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, once I took it out, put it back something back in. When you mean braids, do you mean, like, um, extensions? extensions? yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Extensions, yeah. So I just never, like, really, like, saw my real hair. Mm-hmm. The way it was for a long time. And it was, I think it was like junior year when I finally like, okay, I'm not getting braids anymore. And then it was senior year where I finally did a big chop by myself. Oh, but wow. I was too afraid to cut all the way. So I only cut like, <laughs> uh, it looks too short. So I cut a bit and then I'm like, oh wait, I didn't cut enough. This I still got the straight end, so I got to cut again. But I'm still learning to like how to manage like my hair. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like learning um, like what products are good for it. And, uh, and I find out like, 
these products really are made for us. And like, we're now just kind of getting more brands that are like, you know, friendly, vegan, and like actually yeah. care for black women. So, um, but yeah, it was such a, it was, um, I don't remember like hair pride seeing that. And I like the braids. I feel like the braids, I felt very like confident in the braids. Yeah. But then if you saw me outside the braids, I was like, mm, no, I'm not yeah. going to school today. And that's my thing, my problem with braids. So we've moved away. Not not really. Um, so we thought we moved away from like weaves and wigs and just mm. embrace what you have or whatever. But what you're now seeing is people are feeling their confidence through wigs and weaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're like, but I'm natural. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, that's very true and all. But the fact that you feel good having like long, flowy, loose hair. Yeah. It's not to say that's a problem, but it's just like... Why can't you have that same like confidence to feel sexy yeah. or cute when your hair is natural or when it's like at your ear yeah. sort yeah. of yeah. like? So I'm yeah. like, we're hiding behind that just a little bit with the long box braids, mm-hmm. snigglies, twists, the you know closures and all that. Yeah. So I just invite people to just self analyze. Yeah. You know, just uh-huh. Why is this? You feel good with long hair, but short hair you don't. Right. right. And like to your point about the um. You know, we're wearing weaves and wigs and whatever, like, all these extensions. I really want to point out, I made a post a while ago about, like, a black woman with, like, blonde hair and straight hair. Like, it's not the same thing. Mm-mm. See, now, oh, it's the equivalency. That's, you compare apples and oranges. Let's, and I'm like, do yeah, you yeah, know yeah. the amount of conditioning and trauma that had to go through this? Like, to women to get to this point? Yes. And uh-huh, it's, it's not, uh-huh. should be like, you shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, look at you. It's like, I have compassion when I see, like, women. And it's like, oh, like... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, like, you're not there yet in your journey. Like, yeah, I think you're happy about yourself. But it's, like, I just want to recognize that to get to this point of women wearing, like, blonde hair and, like, first of all, like, straight blonde hair is not solely white women's. And even if it was, it's, like, like, it's not like we're stealing from you. Like, they're not so useful for me. Like, right. so useful for my culture. I'm, like, what you doing? Be quiet. Like, me wearing a blonde hair or me having this long weave is not infringing on your culture. Right. right. Like, black women, like, these are the hairstyles that, like, for the longest time, this is what we had. Yeah. Or it's, like, very formative, and, like, our identity is very formative, and how we see ourselves. And then for someone just to, like, snatch it, just mm-hmm. because they're trying to be black adjacent as much as possible. Well, also, that's like, disgusting. Right. So just to add on a little about me, so, like, I have never had a perm. Mm. I've never colored my hair. Mm. I only got okay. my hair. I only. <laughs> I only got my hair straightened when it was like, for the Black History Month play at church, mm. for Easter, and mm. for Christmas. And even and even then, I was fighting with until uh, ooh, I was fighting with Grammy or whatever. But like, I just always grew up natural, and I had mm. braids like my own hair mm. in like um my bees and everything. So you couldn't tell me. I'm like, why won't my hair story? hers like i just could not understand it my journey i've always been natural my parents would not let us have extensions or braids because my dad was like your hair is long enough why do you need to put other people's hair in your head (laughs) sort Uh of thing um so yeah that's that's amazing and like now i am so like my hair i'm so sensitive about my hair like i'm so sensitive mm -hmm. i'm top all of y'all i'm up Messy. Dude, when people give me unsolicited hair. advice, it's funny, like, why people? I'm like, I need that still. And, like, you don't know my hair like that. So I appreciate it in this kind of space. But when it's, like, people who don't have the same texture, I'm like, I didn't ask you. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Can I make an interjection? I feel like a lot of black women 
do not embrace like their length or their hair texture because of men. You hear these stories that like someone's boyfriend said they liked their hair when it was longer yeah. or when it was wefted. I say wefted instead of weave. Oh, when it was when it was wefted. <laughs> it's so yeah. sad how like they prefer some men will prefer a certain texture or some guys would be like I don't want to run my hands yeah. through the hair. Right? Like, like, so why? Right? Like, yeah, your hair's going to get stuck. And like, it'd be so funny if I said, oh, yeah, um, I want to run my hand through my man's hair. And he'd be looking at me like, bitch, like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, and so I'm just like, that's so not fair. No. But I think like we're just also like having natural hair through the gaze of men. And that's how for some yeah. women, like the baby hair or so like nice. you give them a different textured type weaves a the bohemian mm. wavy mm-hmm. or whatever it is instead of just rocking yeah. this mm-hmm. but and i also think it's because like some black men got some issues got some help, self-hate issues and they yep. just want the furthest thing yep. away from them mm-hmm. so i feel like yeah. women just want to appeal to men and like if their hair is type four and men have made it clear that they don't want it they will do anything in their power to appease the men mm-hmm. and like that's the most messed up thing like and i want to now try to um, go off that transition into kind of dating um keeping on like growing up and we was that talked about dating like did your parents teach you how to because you had mentioned your parents didn't really teach you how to interact with um opposite gender dating oh god i honestly because I want to be married. If I could just skip to that part, you know, I'm not right? at 18 because I'm still young. I want to, you know, just skip to not the future. Not go the Utah route. Not, <laughs> not YouTube. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I definitely don't feel like I learned the dating world and how to just talk to guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, oh, my gosh. I'm so oblivious. I have friends who are like, oh, yeah, he likes you. I'm like, oh. Or like, you know, I haven't really had a lot of luck with dating mm-hmm. just because I'm either so awkward or... I don't know. I my dad was always just like, don't date a guy until you know what he wants to do mm-hmm. in life, which I appreciate that because I feel, I don't know. But also that seems like it's a traditional route too, where it's just like, make sure the man is able to provide for you and stuff. I'm like, I want to provide for myself. Well, you know that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. What nice. your dad's saying, it's like, I yeah, because if he's telling you, don't don't do anything with a man until you know what he wants to do. Is he telling his son though to go into the world knowing what he wants to do? No, like it's a no, thing though. No, it's like standard. you're you're, you're mm-hmm. preparing women to like look for men who are like ready to like you know like just settle down, but you're not raising men to be ready to settle mm-hmm. down. Just right. like I'm looking for yeah. this man, but there's no man here that Where exists. Where he's at, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. You know? I definitely know, like my dad. You know, my brother. He's in football right now. And that my dad's like, make sure you're not gonna want to be with a football player and blah blah. blah. And I'm like. Okay, but you know, I don't, that's kind of like my little dating. Dating is just not fun. I do you that, date a lot? I date a lot, you know, Ooh. like go out on dates, but it's not. She cute. <laughs> you know, you know. Do you date a lot of black men or a lot of white men white right men. now? White what? men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Like you know, the ones that aren't like weird about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've noticed a trend with lots of the white guys I have dated. It they have gone on a mission in, like, mm-hmm. Africa. Oh, no. Which <laughs> are like, oh, missionaries from Ghana talking Those are the ones that always girl. pick me up. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, do you speak Swahili? I'm like, no. no. So, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's yeah. weird. I, I definitely, I, you know, I don't want to marry a white man. That's 
my whole issue. So I'm like, every time I see, you know, someone with a little bit of melanin, like you said, I'm like, but, but it's like, and black men, like you said, are not checking for black they're women not, like that. Yeah, they're especially not. Utah. Yeah. Not. My mom said, like, it's like with a plague or something. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Utah are looking for white women, and that's it. And yeah. That's so, unfortunate. I'm so happy you brought that up because my dating has been somewhat something like yours so fun uh-huh. fact i wasn't allowed to date or anything growing up like we could not talk about a boy unless you're getting yelled at like you're verbally getting abused or you're getting spanked yeah. uh-huh. so anytime i'd be like oh i think he's cute and i'm like shh your dad's coming and like mm-hmm. stuff like that oh, wow yeah so that's how like serious it was uh-huh. and then my parents my mom's like i want grandkids i'm like you how dare you? You basically <laughs> shunned me from like liking guys and like that doesn't work that way. Yeah. But like just growing up, everybody was into me except for black guys. Mm. And I just I let yeah. it roll or whatever. But it was a super interesting. Um or like in high school, a lot of white boys would show the interest in me, but since they're LDS they'd be like, Oh, I can't be with mm. you or blah, blah, blah. Because here in Utah, it's like that whole Cain of Abel, that whole doctrine, like, oh, black people, his skin is cursed because the king, that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like, they couldn't do nothing about it. They like Mm -hmm. me, and they couldn't do nothing about it, and I like them, but I can't date. And I, my dad basically hates white people. (laughs) So, like, he said, he literally said, if me or any of my sisters got a white man, like, we'd be disowned from him. disowned and he just over and over and over and over and over again so it was just like you don't do you don't fuck with white guys but i'm like they're the only ones who like me what am i supposed (laughs) to do and then like getting to college same thing like return missionary from kenya thinks he's down or whatever (laughs) Uh disgusting and just like black guys not taking an interest like Mm -hmm. i used so i work on my school's location (laughs) i'll say that and there was always this couple, this black guy and this white girl. And, like, literally any... Like, and I'd be cleaning the shelves or whatever. And they would see me, so the girl would, like, pour her boyfriend's face and mm. kiss him in front of me and then look at me. Ew. Or, like, other couples look behind me. They would grab hands, look at me to see my reaction. Mm. Shit like that all the time. That, all the time. Yeah. So things like that. So I just, it was always like, go where you're wanted, go where you're celebrated sort of thing. And if that means being with a man outside your race, like, hey, it is what it is. Right. And like, it's an option at this point. It's not saying because I fell down with black men, because that never was the case for me. It was just like, white guys or whoever stepped into plate, they like me more. And so mm-hmm. when I have met black guys who were interested in me, it just felt like different. It's like, what do you want with me? Yeah. My whole perspective of dating... Um, I haven't been with a, my first person until like this year. Mm-hmm. So my perception of dating was it's pretty basically old school. Like, hey, I'm talking to you. Courting, you're talking to yeah. me. Courting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But his is like, uh, no. Like, I'm going to see these other people oh. and it's going to be whatever sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, yeah, oh, no. okay. No. Sort of thing. Or like if I'm yeah. talking to somebody, it's just like, he has to be the one, or he has yeah. to. He wants to be in he, with me the long term. I or I have to be the only one because we're doing X, Y, yeah, Z. right, yeah. But like dating now is just like I date who I want to date. You date who you want to yeah. date. Yeah. No labels or anything. The oh, person, I hate that. the person who I was 
seeing in that type of way he's like i hate labels just go with the flow sort of oh, thing and i was like how dare you and i was just like i thought you knew that i wasn't that type of person to just go with the flow yeah. sort of thing mm-hmm. so when he hit me with that bullshit i was just like okay okay all right um so yeah so dating in my household was not talked about um, I did not learn. We did not have the birds and the bees, and that's one thing. Oh like, God, no, no, sex, <laughs> no, <Nope>. jail, no. <laughs> so like none Come of on. like like what to expect when going on a date. Like none of that stuff was like talked about at all. Uh-huh. And I dated a lot in high school. Like I had Ooh, like a she cute, she I had, cute. I dated uh-huh. a lot in high school, and, and so now in Utah, um, mm, dating is it's been interesting. I've actually dated more black people here than uh-huh. I have like. <laughs> like anywhere else. <laughs> she like, let me get a phone number. I'm actually talking to Maria and You're talking to somebody. Uh, I'm sure I really this is one guy I'm talking to. Like we've been talking for since is I left. He black? He's black. And he's like So you did you talking to someone white and black? No, the white guy, we had the kids and then we like we hung out one time, but I'm like Yes, then, like, you know, like what you're saying, like, you know, if you connection, you know, you you love who you love. Yeah. But I was thinking like if something were to happen like I'm gonna fight the fight my whole life if oh, I can't no, be with someone baby. who's like not gonna oh, be able no, to like fight baby. the fight with me. Mm-mm, what you mean? What you mean? What you mean? Baby girl. Like, if, if you're not gonna be out there protesting with me, I can't be with you. What you mean? What you mean? Because I felt that same way mm-hmm. too. But it's just like, I'm not gonna put my energy towards people or a type of people. Mm-hmm. Who are not giving me that same energy, that same mm-hmm. love, that same passion right back. That's true. You yeah. always see black women mewling mm-hmm. for our community. You always see us putting our lives, our jobs, our health on the line for mm-hmm. sometimes ungrateful ass men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. men who don't love us the way how we love We should them. be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in my mind, I made up in my mind for 2019, I said, I'm not doing that shit no more. Because it's just like the way that we profess a love for black men or whatever. It's just like, are they doing that for yeah. us? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just like fighting and everything is good. But like when it's messing with your health or whatever, yeah. when it's messing with your finances, <laughs> when it's messing with your schooling. Yeah. And peace, it's just like, yeah. and if they're not doing that same work, it's like, what's the point? Because I just, sometimes yeah. some black men will abuse that at one mm-hmm. point. Because I've had a little fun with... Mm-hmm. Whoever, you know, everybody else. And then whoop-de-doo, they get some case talking about their little girlfriend claiming that she raped them, Mm. that Uh he raped her. Or she wasn't messing with him all that because if she figured out he wasn't packing like how he said he was. <laughs> yeah. Or he don't have that money. He's not going to X, Y, Z like he said he was. Yeah. Sort of thing. So it's just like, I love my community. No freaking doubt. But it's just like... I just want to go where I'm loved. I just want to go somewhere mm-hmm. where men love me. And it's just, I think we have to get out of this. Just because you're somebody black, that doesn't mean that they're going to be on the same page as you as yeah. far as being yeah. black or fighting the good fight. You're not going to have a BET moment every time. He may not <laughs> understand what hair is for us. He may not. Like, there's so many things. So it's just like, I met some down ass white boys or some yeah, down ass Latinos yeah. or whatever who's speaking more truth or who's on it or who's just so like educated more than some black some of these black yeah. guys that I've been with. Yeah. So it's just like 
you can't say that but like black love it's beautiful and uh, when it's done right but it's just like let's just keep it 100 we live in utah yeah. are we going to get that i wonder <laughs> Oh, I don't know. This is a good, like, event. Yeah. We, <laughs> we talked, we laughed, we learned, we prayed. You know, good time. Good stuff. Yeah. This is going to be a fun thing to edit. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I'll use, like, okay.